That sound is so soothing. I feel like I'm sitting beside a fireplace snuggled up with a book, while the air is full of the aroma from my favorite candle. Welp, I guess I better snap out of it as I'm actually sitting in my office making sure these bills are paid. This coconut wax candle sure does transport you to a space of mental relaxation. These uniquely blended scents and these individually hand-poured candles never seem to irritate my allergies. I can't wait to set the mood tonight and soak in a bubble bath full of self-love. What have you done for yourself lately? Treat yourself or someone else to a toxic-free candle from Kahana Candles. Relax, you won't regret it. Candles are available at www.kahanacandles.com and ship nationwide. That's Kahana, K-A-H-A-N-A, candles with a K, dot com. So guess what, guys? I hope you're as excited as I am. My bestie and I did a thing. That's right. You already know her. She's been on an episode before. Elaine and I decided to do a crossover episode. And from this point on, they will be featured throughout our seasons. Are you excited? I'm excited. Take a listen and I hope you like. Lily and I legit talk about any and everything, and so we decided why not include our listeners on this. I hope you guys enjoy our conversations. This is The Crossover. So we've been trying to do this for a while. (laughs) We've been trying to figure out a way where we can literally, legit, figuratively cross over. So we're putting this on both of our podcasts and wherever else we feel like it will fit. I'm just like legit super excited. <laughs> like I don't even like I have <laughs> smiles. I'm so excited right now. Like I always love talking to you. So yeah. like the fact that we're doing this and we're going to make it like a normal thing. This is so much fun. And I've been trying to do it on a Friday, but you know, Fridays, I've always on Fridays. I'm burnt out, but lately. But today's Friday and we're making it happen. Yeah. And it's the very first episode. Yeah, this is exciting. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. So for the people who have not come across our platform <laughs> at all, right? Because, you know, you don't ever know who's coming across our platforms. No. Oh my God. I'm going to be open to like a whole new like world because so many people listen to your podcast, Lillian. Uh, Tania. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Tania for all of Lillian's listeners. <laughs> okay, we're English teachers. Yes, but by so trade. much more. By trade. Yes, by trade. That's how we met. Yes, that's how we met and fell in love. <laughs> I'm in love. Lillian is my whole soulmate. She's like my twin flame. I need you guys to know this. I, yeah, I. I think, and I, I've said it a couple of times. I'm like, I think I went to work where we were just to meet you. 1000% because both of us are like, um, we don't like other people. Don't, I don't talk to anybody else at work and my kids know it. They'll be like, yeah, we talk to your best friend. Um, yeah. All these other teachers try to lie and say they talk to you, but we know better. <laughs> like, oh my God. No, but I, it's interesting. Like our lives have really changed from the moment we've crossed paths like crossover hello 
um was that really the, changed you think the moment I don't think the from, moment well not the well I'm I, not gonna the say the moment that. I saw you I knew we were gonna be friends well I, there was another energy like blocking yeah. you from talking to me we're blocking us from each other you were really open for me true because I was like come upstairs yeah. be my friend yeah. and I'm like not like that with people I work yeah with. and I was like I was like what she, she's she doesn't really talk to other people but I think we were both we crossed paths for the first time. We were really undergoing a lot of transitions and didn't even know it. No, no clue what we were both going through. I mean, and we're we're total opposites, but I love that because that's brought us so close Mm -hmm. because what I have not experienced, you have and vice versa. So it's like, okay, you know, it's crazy. Like I, I've, I can't say I've ever been single. I mean, I freaking you know, met my husband at 15 and you know, I'm like in my thirties and you've lived and dated and you've been so independent and you've gotten your own place. Like I, yeah, I'm on the total opposite end. Like I could never say I'm an, I never feel like I could say, even though I, I do know I'm an independent woman or whatever I work and whatever, but I've never been like, yeah, this is my lease. This is my car. This is my vacation. My, you know what I mean? You like, know what's wild mine has always been hours, hours, hours. So you see that different. you're saying uh, it's mine. It's mine. It's mine. I've been called selfish by like mates. Right. I'm like, but this is my apartment. Like I paid for this. This is my car. I paid for this trip. I'm going on vacation by myself. And like, I feel like there's nothing wrong with that, but I've definitely been called selfish before. I'm like, but I'm like not a selfish person. And I think it's okay to be selfish with yourself. Like everyone shouldn't get your energy. And I'm still learning that lesson. The society tells us women, like, you're not supposed to only think about yourself. You're supposed to be just given and serving. Like women are here to just serve and to provide a life or a lifestyle or like, uh, I don't know, a safe space or a homey space or to nurture other people, but not ourselves. And it's no wonder women, we're, we're so, you know, we speak a lot about our depression and our anxieties and, you know, whatever, but we're belittled by other women too. Like we yes. can't put it on men, but we're belittled by other women in our families that are older that has to, like they try to make you feel bad for putting yourself it's like they project their emotions and fears on yeah. you because like when you were talking my immediate reaction was like fuck all that <laughs> but then it's like when put into this situation like yes I do want to be submissive to my mate but I want to be submissive to a mate that leads who also submits to me like it's Say dual that. submission it's yeah. not like oh I'm just serving my man like or my mate my woman right. whoever whatever yeah, you're yeah. into I'm not just submitting to you right and I feel like when put in that situation I fall into those like old like narratives and I'm like that's not who I am at my core and so I'm like what were we talking about earlier breaking the chains (laughs) like I'm breaking those chains because I don't want to be that person anymore I mean when I hear the word submissive I think Christianity I think Mm -hmm. right and I don't want to be I'm I'm not religious whatsoever but I always come back to those conditions that I was raised in, right? Like you have to be submissive to your husband and all of that. But I'm like, wait a minute, as you get older, you start to read and interpret the Bible for yourself or whatever other scriptures that you read and how I read it. And I keep seeing like, even on TikTok, I'm like, that's right. That's right. That's what I, that's how I understood it. I know I wasn't crazy, but it's like, you know, it says like submit to your husband. Right. Um, you know, and then it continues on to say like your husband has to serve and provide and love you the way Jesus loved the church. I'm mm-hmm. like, so when that happens is when the woman should feel comfortable to do that. But it, it almost like people stop at that. Like you're supposed to, you know, serve your husband. Okay. And be submissive mm-hmm. to him. Okay. 
what's the follow-up, right? Because it feels you, like- You're never taught the follow-up. Yeah. I feel like I've never heard the follow-up until like recent years as an adult. Yeah. Would I've like done my own research or it popped up on like a YouTube video or something mm-hmm. I was watching or like if someone sent me a sermon on it, I'm like, how come that wasn't preached to me as a little girl? Right. How come I never heard that in the church? It just, it was that pause. It just stopped, like you said. But we didn't see that in action either. Like we didn't actually see it happening. We didn't see our mothers or aunts or our grandparents or other women of influence, whether it be on TV or whatever, Mm -hmm. do that. It was always like, you're a good wife or woman if you submit to the spouse, the husband. After that, it is what it is. But you have to be submissive for you to be considered good in society. And it's like, so in my family, I feel like... I don't want to say the direct opposite, but like the women handle the handle. Like the women do everything. Mm. They take care of everything. Like on the outside, from the outside looking in, people are like, oh yeah, these like marriages are so perfect. And like, but on the inside, I feel like I learned so much. I'm like, yes, these women are so strong. But I feel like I picked up the the traits to the point that I'm like strong to a fault. Mm. So like, but I, I don't, necessarily feel like it's to a fault the more I think about it right because then I want a mate to be my equal so I feel like I'm strong I don't need you I want you in my life Mm. but that (laughs) like I don't need you You have to be I I I can do for me my man like I want you around and it's a whole ego trip for people even for women because So many of us just want to be saved and protected, you know, and I think that's something I particularly like struggle with. Like, I want to be independent and I just want to do my thing. But at the same time, I'm like, babe, what do you want for dinner? Like, you want a massage or like, you know, like, but I feel like it's different with uh, offer, right? Because for me, don't expect me to do that shit. Like, don't have this expectation. Ah, Got it. Like the whole, I remember one time I was younger and I was at a friend's house and my friend was saying, I think we were in college and I was home for break or something. And my friend was saying how like, oh, you don't make your, your boyfriend's play. I was like, the fuck? No, he has two hands. And like her <laughs> mom's head whipped around and like she, her neck whipped around like, oh my God. Like, it was like the worst thing I could have said. And I'm like, I don't know. You're like, how are you going to maintain a man? I'm like, well, he's been with me for three years. So like, (laughs) he knows who I am. But like, again, that comes from like, I come from very, very strong, independent women. And I've never, I mean, maybe I saw it, but like, I've never noticed any woman in my family make a plate Mm. for the men in my family. So for me, that was foreign. I'm like, why the fuck are you making this plate? Why are you serving him? Like he has hands. Yeah. And so like when a guy would ask me, like, can you make my plate? I'm like, the fuck is wrong with you? Like, get mm-hmm. up. But I That's now, so like I'm growing. Mm-hmm. And I realized for me, I don't mind making a plate, but don't expect me to make your plate. That's that's what everything, though. I think with expectations, we're setting ourselves up or other people for a failure. Just yeah. Because when you expect it 100% of the time, you're going to be disappointed. Yes. Anything below it, it's going to be like, you're not good enough. But for me, it was kind of the, I don't know. I'm just like thinking as you're talking, right? And I'm like, okay, my Puerto Rican side of the family is very much so go get your own shit. But my Dominican side of the family, women are extremely submissive to their husbands. And it's so ironic because those marriages probably last a lifetime. Mm -hmm. The women are so unhappy, no lie, because Dominican men are like straight players. 
or at least known to be. I'm not going to say that. Not I all. I said into the air because my son's Dominican. I ain't no player. Um, <laughs> and my husband's Dominican. I ain't no player. No more. <laughs> it's the no more for me. <laughs> but um, it's funny because when I met my husband and we got married, whatever, his plate was the first one I served before my children's, before mine or anything. Mentioned that to you because someone said that to, or I was reading an article and someone they asked at the end, would you serve your children or your husband first yeah. or your spouse first? And I, no, it was husband because the woman was serving everyone. Yeah. And I just was like, yeah, what the I did that for a long time. And then I realized my kids were like, real, I mean, probably in the belly and I'm just really little and just toddlers and whatever. And then I can't remember around what point I was like, they're hungry. I'm hungry. And you're hungry. Why is there like a hierarchy? I didn't ever ask the question or anything, but mm-hmm. it was more so my actions that I was like, I'm hungry. They're hungry. They can eat. I can eat. So I'm going to serve the kids because they can't serve themselves, but you can help me, you know, you could help me serve the kids. And it just became a thing where it was like, all right, like literally he would help me serve the kids. And then he would ask me like, I like when you serve me, cause I serve myself too much food. Could you do that? That's and I, different. Thank you for I, explaining. I love that because I was like, sure, I'll serve you. But it wasn't like, I'm going to sit here on my throne, yes. serve me like now. <laughs> like in the article, it was saying how the guy, like the, the mom, she like did an experiment, right? Where she served her kids first one day instead of her husband. And he got mad at her, like legit started a full on argument after the kids went to bed because she fed her children first. And in my mind, I'm like, I have the same thing as you, right? They can't serve themselves. So until they're old enough to make their own plate, because right. I'm not fucking making your plate forever. Right, right. Until they're old enough to make their own plate, I don't understand why you can't one, get up and help me and two, make your own plate or three, wait till I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. Or I can make my plate. I cook dinner. Get the <laughs> fuck up and make a plate. Because if you cook dinner, I will make everyone's yeah. plate or clean the dishes. Like yeah. I'm all about partnership. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's hard to see nowadays because people are like, they're either complete givers or complete takers. And that's, it's hard to find the balance in that. And I think on some days we got to be the givers and on other days it's okay to be the takers, but to just be one and, or the other, that's dangerous because, you know, we either become the vampires or we're just getting sucked or whatever. And I don't know, it's just tough because then it became tougher, like trying to find the balance when the kids started observing us. Now they're trying to determine what they like or don't like in relationships, how they see our dynamic, what's masculine, what's feminine, what's submissive, what is oppressive. And I'm like, ooh, they're really observing us. And I got to a point where like, my son realized, oh snap, my house, there are no gender roles. Like what existed as a toddler, maybe, it's not existing anymore. Like dad is mopping, like mom is in the office, or dad is out there grilling, mom is doing the dishes, or I'm doing the dishes and my sis is taking out the garbage. Like it just became kind of like, but I didn't have to sit down and talk to my kids about it. And now like Nick, my son, he'll be like, oh, um, so you're telling me to do the dishes? So where's my sister? And he'll make a joke out of it. He'll be like, so, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. Like, oh, oh, oh crazy. Like, it's funny because I'm like, eh, you thought you were funny. And, you know, and my daughter will be like, yeah, that wasn't funny, Nick. Like, don't even... But it's crazy because it's so, it's much more complex. There's a lot of more historical context Mm -hmm. to go with 
you know, stereotyping and just all of that, like, but there's just, it's hard because nowadays, especially with women, we don't know what the limit is as to how much we should or can't or will give because we're busy out here trying to fill our own cups. And because we're so freaking hyper independent, that cup could be overflowing. And we're like, oh, let me get another cup. <laughs> let me go get another cup. And let me get another cup. And let me continue filling it up. And then you're like, oh, wait, that's good. No, 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 no I'm getting another <laughs> cup. And by the time, you know, you have pictures and we don't feel happy or satisfied with our own self, not because of society anymore or anything. Now it's on us because now we're in our 30s and we're trying to figure out what's enough. Yeah, because my 20s were a fucking shit show. Legit, same. Do you find it difficult to receive? When we were talking about the giving and the receiving and the taking and the leeching, do you find it difficult to receive? I'm going to say the hardest thing to receive was from my own husband because I was so mm-hmm. used to giving. like, And it was expected not only because of culture, but that was the dynamic in our relationship that become that became so normal that it would be like, oh, he's home. I got to serve his plate. Like, oh, he's home. I just got to stop and drop everything I was doing. And all the attention has to go to him. And, you know, oh, my God, he's home or, oh, my God, it's going to be this weekend. And it was just like everything changed. The energy in the house changed a lot. But when, you know, like how things change and our dynamics change at home with like generals or stereotypes and all of that, I was, it was hard. Like, it felt weird if he said, oh, babe, just go ahead, like pick up your feet or you want to order out? I was like, what? Like, I don't got to cook to him. Like, I don't got to tell him and wait for the, why didn't you cook kind of thing. And it was hard to receive that kind of um, help. I, I wouldn't even consider help. I guess consideration. consideration. <laughs> I said it in my head like, yes, yes. it's consideration. That, yes, that was. <laughs> so mm, I, how, what do you think is the origin of that? Why do we feel that way? Because I feel like I can receive in all areas of my life, but I struggle to receive with a significant other. And I feel like it's because I'm so independent. I always have to do for myself. And so like, even in my friendships, like I don't want to be a burden on anyone else. Right. So I, I know, but I'm working on it. I'm struggling with it, but I'm working on it. I'm reaching out more. I'm telling people what's going on, but I've always felt like everyone has so much going on. I don't want to add my muck to their mess. Right. I don't want to bring like everything, I don't want to always be that complaining friend. Like every time I talk to you, I don't want to be like complaining about my life, right? You would only feel that way if you're probably being repetitive about something. But if a friend is true to you, they'll listen and let you process. It's patience because love is patient and love is kind. Love is not going to sit here and criticize you and judge you for whatever you're going through. Even if like, they'll be like, damn, like I really can't wait for like you know to eat you know I just want you to be happy and I just I just need her to like but everybody's going through the journey and I think that's real love and I think that's that's what you're supposed to do for a friend it doesn't matter let them call you a million times so what because like that's who I am right as a friend like I'm like call me whenever you need me like wake me up in the middle of the night like that's who I am I'm there at the shop of a a two-way street (laughs) for all of my friends but it's hard for me to be like but I'm working on it. I like when yeah. something goes wrong, yeah. I'm like, okay, don't sit and process this by yourself. Call. Yeah. 
like yeah. text, yeah. like do something, FaceTime, yeah. let someone know that like your eyes are full of tears right now. Yeah. Like, yeah. so that you don't have to go through alone and just like internalize everything and make yourself yeah. like physically sick because you're holding everything huh. in. Huh. I don't know. I think, I don't know. Well, I can say based on what you've said, right? You, you were surrounded by a lot of resilient women. Mm-hmm. I come from resilient women. I didn't necessarily get to see them being resilient, but I heard like this, you know, this woman was the first woman too, or like these women did not put up with, or they did for this amount of time. And it's almost like an expectation was mm-hmm. kind of set. Like you're supposed to do this for this long or whatever. And it was hard to open up to anyone also because and our families and our cultures is like, handle it, you know, like handle it, get it done. And yeah. And that's it. Like, don't complain or, mm-hmm. you know, don't go to someone else. It's like, know? oh, you can have your pretty party, but like only, but for so long, what's your solution? How are you getting it done? Move yeah. on. Yeah. And I'm still very solution focused. Me too. But I give myself time to process now and to feel that part is the feeling. Cause I was always stuck in my head and now I've become so like in tune with my feelings and my emotions, it's really different. So I feel really, oh, I feel like naked a lot of times because mm-hmm. I used to have this armor, like I could handle anything. And lately I'm like, holy crap, I can, but I don't have to. Like, I don't have to be resilient. I don't have to be strong for, for what? What the fuck? I'm human. I'm not made out of stone. I hope I get there one day. I, I hope I get You're there. You're very expressive. I think I pick and choose when I'm expressive. I feel like I can hold a lot in. So like people may know what's like, they know that something's off about me and I'll express certain things are bothering me or certain things are wrong. But like, I feel like I hold a lot in that I don't express. I mean, I think to a certain point, it's okay because you're, you're probably trying to process what is anyway, because sometimes we're like, like we've both been in therapy and we've done so much work. Right. But sometimes we could be with a therapist talking and then like 20 minutes later, you're like, I just went on for 20 minutes and now I get what the heck this was about. Okay. Thanks. Like this is what we paid X, Y, Z for, but I think it's okay to allow ourselves to keep it to ourselves while we're processing it, not holding it forever. But I was doing the holding it forever. That's not okay. It's not. And I feel like the only place where I was 100% honest is my journal. Mm. But when I feel like that vulnerable space may be invaded, Mm. I don't even use my journal. So then now I'm really holding everything in. I really have no outlet. And so I'm just like, I know I need to journal, I know I need to journal, but when I have had the habit for so long of not doing it, because I feel like that space has been like breached or it it could have been breached, it's like, it's no longer a safe space for me. So I'm like, have to work my way back up to my journal being my safe space. That's tough. Mm -hmm. I... I think a lot or used to think a lot. I'm going to say used to, right? Because I used to be such an overthinker. But... I would process alone. And then once I felt sure about what I felt or was thinking, then I would say this and this and this to whomever I felt comfortable sharing that with. And then I'd let it go for a little bit. And they're like, all right, time to move on. Keep it, you know, keep it going. Like, all right, you had your little boo. (laughs) Keep it moving. Like nobody cares. 
And I would move on. I'd be like, wow, I just dedicated all that energy and all that time and all that space in my head for free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I just rented all that space for free for that long. And it was this minimal, but our imaginations, our minds are so wild, so big, so endless that everything seems way bigger than what they really are. So there's like such a thin line. You're like, did this really happen? Or am, am I okay to feel this way? And you end up gaslighting yourself. And when you're hyper independent, that's going to happen mm-hmm. because you're, you're taught yourself, you have to figure it out on your own. Yes. And then your mind is going to fuck around with you and tell you you're wrong or you're right. Or so-and-so said you're wrong. So, okay, I'm gonna believe it because so-and-so means so much to me that whatever they say, I'm going to listen to, and that's what I'm going to go by. And it sucks because you lose sight of yourself. Mm-hmm. And I'm literally trying to unlearn. And I feel like most women of color struggle with this. I'm trying to unlearn that life does not have to be a struggle. Mm. Life, life should be easy. Like, I don't, I don't, mm-hmm. I shouldn't feel like a relationship needs to be a struggle. Like, like, yes, relationships are work and everything like that, but you shouldn't feel like you have to stay in any situation because you've always been told, uh, if it's difficult, it's worth it. Like, Ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that is like the Talk worst it. advice that people will give. Like, yeah. no, life is meant to be lived and life is meant to be easy. We make it hard. We yeah. make it hard. Our relationships and our dynamic. Yes, absolutely. So it's like when you've been struggling for so long and then like people come into your life and create this like alignment which creates Mm. this easy life for you Mm. I personally don't know how to receive it and I start questioning like am I supposed to be doing this is this person for me I don't know like I'm second guessing the good shit when it's like you've been allowing all these red flags this whole time but it's because it's been ingrained in us through society through experiences through examples that we've seen and we've learned indirectly like struggle is love and that shit ain't it no struggle is not life at all no we we make the struggle life yeah but it shouldn't be it's i'm over here like nodding my head and saying mm, ah like i'm tasting really good food because <laughs> we just had some really good food <laughs> that's what they call right you're like processing like yeah and it's true and i think you're absolutely right and the crappy part about coming from maybe unhealthy relationships, dynamics, even workplaces and friendships to the healthier ones, it's really hard to accept it Mm -hmm. because you're so used to that toxic feedback, that energy, that just all the, anything that really triggers you. And so you become so used to that that when good things come, it's hard to trust it. Like it's yep. real. Yep. And again, we gaslight ourselves. Like this is not real or we don't deserve this. Cause we've been, we allowed ourselves to believe we did for a certain amount of time in a previous, you know, relationship or friendship or even workplace. It was like, oh, well, well, this is what I get. This is what God had intended for me, or this is part of my journey mm-hmm. and I must allow it. Or, you know, maybe an ancestor did whatever and I'm paying for it. And it's like, listen, it doesn't have to be. No, it's like, says who? Like when, uh-huh. when people say things to me or I'm just like, according to whom? Yeah. Because yeah. I'm going to live my life. I'm going to start living my life mm-hmm. according to what I say. Fuck what anyone else has yeah. to say. And I feel like I've been like that for maybe like the last six or seven years in terms of like strangers. Because like, mm-hmm. I just like everyone's opinions like impact how I live my life. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I don't even 
fucking know these strangers? Like, why do I care about their opinions? Mm. That included people I worked with, whatever, where I still find struggle is people close to me. Their oh, opinions okay, okay, okay. impacted me. And I'm trying really, really hard to discern their, op- allowing their opinions to impact the way I'm living mm-hmm. my life versus like, I love you. I care about you, but I don't have to live the way you think I should be living. Got it. And it doesn't mean I love you any less. Yeah. It doesn't mean you love me any less, yeah. or maybe it does. I don't know, but I can't, I can't figure that out for you. Yeah. All I can do is live my life this way. And if you don't agree with it, you yeah. just don't agree with it. And we'll, we'll move however we're supposed to move in life. Yeah. And it sucks because it's like, I feel like when you start knowing who you are and moving in the way that you want to move and people don't align with you, Mm -hmm. they start falling away. And sometimes it's like close relationships. And it's like, man, I would have never expected Mm -hmm. that this relationship wouldn't, or this relationship would be strained. And then when you do lose it, you feel like you're losing a part of yourself because a part of you was attached to that idea. Yes. It's like, well, idea. this person was in my life for so long. They, when I was down, they helped to give me the tools to build myself back up. But it's like, I am built back up now and I'm still working. I'm still elevating, mm-hmm. but you want me to be this person. You're not saying it, but your actions mm. are saying like, you're still this person over here when I'm not. And because I'm not moving in the vein that you want me to move, you know? And then for me, it's actually the opposite. I've never cared what other people have to say about me or think, but I did create like really strong, like rules for myself or expectations. Like, and I did it all for the roles I play, but I never did it for me as a person, as an individual, like as a woman. So I'm transitioning from being mother wife all the time to just be me. And so that part where I'm like, who am I? How am I going to enjoy my company? And when I do enjoy my company, when I am alone and I'm just me and I'm like, I am doing absolutely nothing wrong. I have to reaffirm because in my head, sometimes it'll go back to like, would a wife do this? I'm like, but I'm literally just with like my good friend having a drink and we're eating dinner and we're just laughing Mm -hmm. and joking and whatever. We're sitting in front of each other. No one is coming around. Like there's nothing, I'm doing nothing wrong. And I have to kind of like talk to myself, like, relax everything's okay but even if someone did come around you can't control what other people do like you're still not doing no, anything wrong like you know no guys gonna come push up yeah. us, whatever I, I can't control that but what I'm yeah. saying is like I don't I don't know I just feel like you know a wife or a mother like when I you know I became a wife 16 so in my mind I'm like for that long for you never had a single for, mindset no so you have you so as you were so talking right like, you said the guys push up if I sound any I had this scenario pop into my brain mm-hmm. well one have you ever been a wing woman for someone no so right <laughs> I'm <laughs> single we go out mm-hmm. if guys do push up what would you do in that scenario obviously you're married you wear your wedding ring yeah that doesn't stop people right no I said that's <laughs> no, it doesn't stop you. So, like, if this dude is trying to talk to me and he brings his friend over, like, what would you do? Like, I know what I would do in this situation, but like, my friend's married. Like, relax. Like, you can talk to me, right. but like, I also, I'm not. I don't know. Not, not fight your battles for you. But like, you're grown to shit. Like, you're gonna say right. how you feel. But I'm like, would that stop? Like, would they then walk away because they were trying to talk to friends or like, um. 
I've I've had people be like, yeah, I still want you're married or whatever. And I'm not, and they'll be like, you, are you happily married? That's another follow-up question people will ask just to kind of test you. And it's like, right. and, and at one point, one day, I remember that it was, that was the initial question mm-hmm. was I see you wearing a ring. I was at a gym and they're like, are you happily married? I was like, I wouldn't be married if I wasn't happy. Mm. That was my like, that's a great response. But because I was just like, what the, what, like in a way I was like, what the fuck? Right. Wait a minute. Are you I've never heard the, are you happily married? I've heard the, so you can't have friends. Oh no. I, <laughs> never I hear that. that all the time. <laughs> are you out of man? So he don't let you have friends. No, no. You can't have friends. No, it, no. When I have said I am married, they'll be like, damn, like too late for me. And I'll be like, way late. Like yeah. I've been married for a long time. I'm not new to this. I'm no, true to this. But I really don't get guys pushing up on me, honestly. They probably will try to say something like, I don't know, like try to start a conversation. Mm-hmm. But the only time I've gotten that, like, are you married, got a man kind of thing was at the gym. Because at the gym, I don't wear my ring because I lift weights. If you're working out, you, you can pinch your that. finger and stuff yeah, like that. So that one time, yeah, I was like, are you happily married? And I'm like, I wouldn't be married if I wasn't. And I actually don't like the term happily married because if you're married, you're married. Like nobody's, uh, happiness is a choice anyway. Mm -hmm. So we're choosing to be happy every day. Otherwise, fuck it. I don't want this shit. But I'm like, I don't know. It was just the weirdest thing. And then he kept trying to talk to me. He's like, I just want to talk to you. And I was like, and I just came to work out. And he was like, well, you don't have to be rude about it. I'm like, you're interrupting my workout. And then he walked away, but he looked at me like mad as hell. And I'm like, audacity. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I don't have people coming up to me just like that because I do have a resting bitch face and I'm so happy I do. I don't have a very welcoming face for men anyway. I feel like I have resting bitch face and I feel like it still does not stop dudes from talking to me. No, you have a demeanor, but not a resting bitch face. Really? You'll carry yourself like very shoulders up. Don't fucking talk to me. <laughs> but your face doesn't say don't talk to me. Your body language does. <laughs> but meanwhile, I'm like the opposite. Like I'm fucking switching when I'm walking right away. And I'm just like, uh, I don't mean to walk like that for you to look at me. It's just like, this is how, how I walk. walk. But um, please don't approach me. I have nothing to talk to you about. Well, then I've gotten better because in high school, I had severe resting bitch face. Like, I didn't know what it was. Like, someone literally said in the hallway, like, RBF? I was like, what the fuck is that? First of all, I would have been like, is that a restaurant? Bruh, I'm not I, was like, acronym. I was like, I don't know what the fuck that is. Like, my whole, like, demeanor changed. I was like, what are you saying? Like, because when I used to be in the hallway, even just when I walk now, like, I'm always on a mission. Like, I'm always thinking, like, so I tend to zone out. I have no clue what my face looks like. Mm-hmm. And like, apparently I just like looked really mean. Like if I wasn't talking to someone in the hallway, like mm-hmm. I'm just walking. So like, I'm zoned out. Like I said, so my face was just like, <laughs> all right. I can just, <laughs> See, but I think that's why I do like talking to a lot of people and like making them laugh or whatever, because I, I I'm aware that I have like a very serious face. I'm mm-hmm. not going to call it resting bitch face anymore or whatever, RBF, but like I do, I'm aware that I have that very stern look on my face when I'm driving or whatever. Um, and people have said, I thought you were full of shit. I'm like, well, I'm like, listen, everybody, but whatever. I, I'm like, listen, I just don't open up to everybody. Like, I don't, I don't want people to feel welcome to come up in my space no. and whatever. But I do like to just make sure like people know that I have nothing against them. I'll like, hello, good morning, whatever. Like I like to have, bring that energy in so people know, especially if I see you every day. But if I don't see every day, I don't really don't. Care. You way better than me. 
Um, I walk in and walk to my classroom and keep it moving. <laughs> I'm quite okay with that. I don't, I just feel like, like, I feel like people talk to me now because of you. <laughs> Listen, but no, but the thing is like, I don't know, especially when it comes to like the guards or like secretary staff, like whatever, like it'll be the silliest thing. And I'll just be like, oh, I need something. And like, oh, I'll go get it for you. And I just feel like good. I don't feel bad because I just never talk to them only when I need something from them. So like for me, I just feel like, all right, go ahead. Like today I'm like, hey, I need um the batteries for the, the keyboard, uh, right? For Marino. I got you here take four because two are horrible like, they're gonna bust on you or whatever time I'm like oh great thanks <laughs> it. and I'm like you know I don't know I just felt like I felt comfortable coming to them like hey whenever you get a chance or whatever and it was like I got you right now. but I feel like if I were to not talk to them they'll be like oh, okay I'll bring it to you later and later turns to five days and I'm like crap because people they just want to feel like acknowledged for the most part just acknowledged so I'm like you know why not? Like, whatever. You're so nice. No. You're like way nicer than me. I understand this. It's no. okay. <laughs> I say hi to people. You just, I, 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 listen, I hate the small talk, but I've learned to know. I don't even hate small talk. I like to talk to people that I like to talk to. But that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, I just, but like for me, small talk is like, yeah, weather. That's why like, I make no like baseball parents, like my son's team. I'll say hello, goodbye, what's the score? And then you see like they cluster up and I'm just sitting by myself and I'm like, shoot. It's me. I feel like I've been a loner okay. for so long. They're like, I'm I'm like, I'm totally okay being by myself. That's that hyper-dependence. You see, <laughs> but that's it. it comes back out. And I noticed that about me too. Like I'll be at the games and I'll just be like, but do y'all realize I don't give a fuck? Like I want to sit here by myself watch my son's game if my husband yes. wants to know that you to distract me from my purpose of why I'm here with some like you're gossiping or talk about whatever like your Sunday or Saturday I don't care yeah and I don't want to pretend like I care that's it and I won't do that in that scenario because I know that it'll impact what I'm there for like yeah it's same but I think that that again it comes from that hyper independence like I don't need you um and if I want to talk to you forget it I'm going to be like this the sweetest with you whatever but I think also at work for me, I feel like it's, I've been, I was open, right? I did form relationships when I, when I was a teacher for, for many years. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've been burned every single time. Uh, and so that's what caused me to be like, I'm not fucking talking to nobody. I'm gonna stay in my bubble uh, because whenever I open up and I'm nice and it, it gets either taken advantage of, or when I say yeah. no, then I'm the bitch. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I don't have to allow you to be in every aspect of my life. Right. I can be cordial with you. Nothing says I need to be friends. Nothing in my contract right. says we need to be friends. It says we need to work together. Yeah. And I do that. I do my job. I come to yeah. do work and do my job every yeah. single day. Mm-hmm. But it's like, and when you, you don't that. say, thank you. <laughs> When you don't say hi to someone or they don't hear you, I walk in every morning and say hi. And it's like, well, hey, Miss Lewis. It's like, well, did you not hear me say hi three mm-hmm. seconds ago? I'm just like, you're not about to start my morning off like that. <laughs> nope. Good morning. <laughs> and then I keep it moving. Like, I just feel like when people have their attitudes, they don't know how to just keep it to themselves. Yeah. I know. It's weird because like, just because you're nice, so other people will not be. Like last week, I came in, whatever, and I was not. I was still on my um restricted like caffeine and all that from the retreat. And I walked in, and Sean was like, "I need to know what you be having in the morning, cause you come in here all bubbly and stuff. Ain't nobody got time for that." <laughs> uh, okay, grumpy. And I was like, "Water, just water." 
have a great day. And he right. was like, well, what kind of water? <laughs> it was just the funniest because I, I found it hilarious. I, I didn't take it personal whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I just found it funny that I'm like, you need to have what I'm having. I'm like, well, water? I literally just woke up today. I meditated. Like, <laughs> I got my mind right to come in this building. But like, I was like, I don't know. Like for me, it's like, it was strange. And, and I've just felt like, I guess that's, I don't know that the energy in the building is like, we all got to be able to go be here kind of thing. You know, like, unfortunately I like, I'll say good morning to everybody. And everybody's already counting out to Friday. Don't matter what day it is. It's like, Oh, it's almost Friday. It's almost Friday. Like you'll hear Marino say that. Oh, you know, in Spanish, yeah, well, that's the other day, or whatever. And I'm like, I don't know. I just never. No, it's Monday. Enjoy Monday. Embrace like, Monday. That. Like, and I love that about my friend Aaron, right? He loves Mondays. Monday is his favorite day of the week. He says these like inspirational messages all the time. He'll send them out to us or like even like he'll post them just on his Instagram story like happy Monday, make it great, magnificent Monday. Like he's just such a like I love that. bubbly person and he's just like, I'm not perfect, but make it a perfect day. Like he's just yeah. he's so inspirational. And he doesn't just say it like he truly like lives it. Yeah. Like he's like, oh, it's going to be an awesome Monday. Like he's going to make it awesome Monday, no matter what gets thrown his way. And it should be that way every day. Like, I think we lose sight of what we do, what we care about because we're letting society really rule us. Like, so what if it's Monday, Friday, or Saturday? If you are so upset that Monday's coming around the corner is because you're doing something you don't love. Like the fact that, oh, treading Monday, here we go sweetie you picked the wrong career the wrong job or the wrong you know um I don't know role that you're playing the wrong everything something's wrong or maybe you're just doing something on the weekends that you wish you could do the rest of the days maybe you're not doing enough of resting Mm -hmm. maybe you're just tired or maybe they're resting too much and they're depressed because when you get too much sleep yeah you're it's like you're overtired that's true that's true I mean sometimes you you know you need that one day and like for us There'll be that random one Sunday. It's like, we have nothing to do with it. What do we do? Actually, I ain't planning this shit. We're going to sit on this couch. We're going to have some leftovers. Or we're going to order something in real quick. That's it. We're going to watch movies. That's it. And it's like, really? That's all we're going to do? We're so used to being. Yes. And I'm tired of making myself feel guilty about just taking a day or two or three. Right. And just chilling. And then like the opposite is like, I used to, when I did go out and do something, I would get the comments like, oh, you're always on the go. Like what? Or like people have this persona of me that I'm always out. I'm like, clearly you don't know me. I'm always home. Mm-hmm. Like when I do go out, I really do enjoy myself. Yeah, yeah. They're like, well, you always post. I said, do I though? You or- really don't, okay? <laughs> you really don't always post. Oh my God. I actually don't post. I'm a super private person. You are. And I feel like when I do post, it may pop up in people's feeds because I don't post right. that often. Right. Right. Like the people that always see my posts, they're like, okay, well, what's wrong? Like when I go on vacation, they're like, why haven't you been posting? You're like, mm-hmm. they know like something's off. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. what's going on? It's not you. Then maybe because I have vacation, right? And I do like, I do like curated posts. Like, like when I'm on vacation or like when I come back, I'll just do like a photo or video dump or something. But because I travel a lot, I guess people assume like, oh, you're, you're like always up and out. And I'm like, um, I wish single, you can travel however many times you want. Like, but fun fact in a relationship, I still am going to travel as many fucking (laughs) times as I want. Cause like, 
honestly, traveling brings me so much peace. Yeah. I love immersing myself in different cultures and just being away and just learning something new or just relaxing in a new atmosphere. Yeah. Just talking to people in different cultures. Like that just is like, gives me the, like the greatest joy. Like it's the best feeling for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely connection. I don't know. I just, uh, listen, because I have to pack organize plan so much for one vacation it stresses me out kind of just thinking about it that I'm like like sometimes like we were on spring break and they get like what are we gonna do like what do you mean what are we gonna do we're gonna chill out like we're always on the go and I'm always planning stuff that sometimes I'm like I don't want to do anything but I don't know it's always left to to the moms anyway I don't mind it like this see and it's funny that you say that right because I feel like in my relationships I'm always the one that has to do and plan and do this Mm -hmm. so when someone plans something for me I don't know how to handle it because I'm so hyper independent like you said I'm always handling everything and when I'm in those situations I'm like I wish someone would do this for me got it and then when it's actually being done for me like oh well tell me where you want to go and I'm like uh what like now I'm at a loss. Meanwhile, I have a whole bucket list of places I want to go to, but it's like, I don't know how to accept it. I don't know how to receive it. I'm questioning everything. Yes. And it's not, it's like, I I'm questioning the motives. I'm questioning this. And it's like, bro, what if someone just wanted to do something nice for you? Mm-hmm. And no, there's yeah, nothing seriously. wrong with that. Yeah. But it's just like, why, am, why are we so hypercritical of someone doing something nice but not critical when you're in a shitty situation. And it's just like, you want these things, right? You want someone to do something nice for you. You want that person to do something nice for you, right? And you're not getting it and you're not being critical about it, but you're just upset. But I, I think it's because when we are in that shitty situation, we've created a block in our minds to kind of, ignore it on some level like it's bad but we got to keep focused here so whatever is bad yes it's bad but we got to keep it moving so we're not going to really mind it right now so when good things come we haven't built you know that the separation it's almost like whoa 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 whoa. i haven't i don't know how to process this i'm so used to blocking bad things that i don't know if i should block it too and then we sort of do on some level, we really don't open up fully to the great things that can come this way because we don't know how to not be in control because in a sense, even though bad things were happening, we were controlling it Yep. by blocking it to process through our mind, body, soul. We just literally like, okay, let's leave it in this little corner. We're going to like that little closet that we have. <laughs> I'm very great the messy at, at compartmentalizing, closet. super great at compartmentalizing which is, I guess, can be a good and a bad thing. Yeah, it is a good thing, right? It's almost like, you know, like our trauma responses, right? Like we have our triggers where it tells us like, oh, oh, there's danger, danger. Sometimes it's not danger, but it's meant to be there to protect us from some things, right? So we can actually move on with our actual lives because let's say we are aware, hyper aware of everything around us, every single noise or feeling or degree that you're like, oh my gosh, it is no longer 70 degrees in here. It is 69. <laughs> like what, you know, and to be so hyper aware won't allow us to actually breathe. Mm-hmm. Like we would just won't, we would be just, I don't know, discombobulated. And 
not be normal or be able to drive, be able to work, be able to sleep, even be able to eat because you're tasting every single ingredient every time. Like it just would be too much. So I think it's healthy to have it. I think the hard part about separating, you know, what's good or bad is, is knowing what's good or bad is listening to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause it's the conditioning we hear if it's good or bad, like this is bad or this is good. And you'll think, would this be mom approved, pastor approved, grandma approved, neighbor approved, in-law approved. And then all that comes in here and you're like, Oh crap. No wonder you're so stressed out. Cause hyper-independence, anxiety, depression, just completely self-sabotaging gaslighting ourselves and you know a lot of insecurities and confidence issues and then yeah and then we're achieving so many things super women out here making everybody else look bad meanwhile we feel horrible Mm -hmm. because we're trying to fill up a cup that doesn't even exist you're so right though it's like people look at you one way and you feel a completely different way. Like, and I don't understand. Like when people say, say to me all the time, I wish you could see you how I see you. And I'm just like, um, yeah, I'm gonna work on that. But I don't know how you see me. I know how I see me. Now I'm going to work on seeing me better. Like I always tell myself um, what I got from Stephanie. Uh, when she's like turn your inner bully into your best friend I Mm. really really work hard at that and I feel like I did turn my inner bully into my best friend so the voices the negative voices I hear in my head are no longer mine Mm. and uh Sheena had sent me a quote the other day I can't remember it verbatim but essentially it was like the voices that you hear in your head if you just sit and allow them to just like, if you're just like in a meditative state mm-hmm. and those negative voices creep in, actually listen to them. You won't hear yourself. You'll hear like your dad, you'll hear your mom, you'll hear every person has ever said something to you has become that self-critical voice Got it. and you internalized deep. it. I'm right. Deep. That's exactly what I said. I was like, deep. <laughs> she sends me so many quotes. Like, I want to be able to read it word for word because when she sent it, I was like, um, that's life-giving. Yeah. Well, you hear the noise. You'll hear the noise. You won't hear your intuition. You'll hear the noise if you definitely listen to those negative thoughts or the negative self-talk. Here it is. Whenever I stop to listen closely to my self-critical inner voice, I always end up hearing someone else's voice. My father, former partners, childhood peers, etc. The more I deconstruct my inner critic, the more I realize it isn't my creation. Huh. That hit hard when she sent that to me. Please forward. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. We need to quiet the noise quiet all the talk and the chatter and you know what's crazy right because like our parents and as a parent you know we want our kids to be different they say they want us to be different than them yet when we are it's not fully accepted Mm -hmm. it's like well when I was your age or I wouldn't do that or I didn't raise you to do that I didn't raise you to be weak or I didn't raise you to be like that and you're like huh I also feel like, so Tamara and I were talking about this the other day. I also feel like we come from our parents. Our parents are the generation of like, not, well, yeah, like assimilation, like mm-hmm. getting into line. 
And so they instilled that in us. Like you have to have a job. You have to have an artifact. Like you have to provide. And so we're also the generation where we were taught from them, but we are our own people. I feel like we have a little bit of Gen Z in us too, right? As millennials, we have the Gen Z and we have the boomers and I forget what's above us, Generation X or whatever. And so when we veer off the path and I feel like we are the entrepreneurship generation. Oh, like we're like, we're the creatives. Like we're, we are pioneers. We are trailblazers. It, it causes dissonance within our parents. And it's just like, they question everything. They criticize everything. They place doubt within us. But then when they actually see it come into fruition, they're like, oh, okay. Like, but they literally, and even Kadeen and Deval talk about this on their podcast, how when they first started doing the social media stuff, yes. like, well, how are you going to make money? And her parents were like, uh, I don't understand this. Like, yes. no, especially like you have kids, like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And now it's like, you know, they're fighting everybody. And it's like, now they like the parents are finally getting it. And it's like, but why couldn't you just be. support me and be, mm-hmm. or not, even if you didn't support me, why couldn't you just be and let me be? Yes. But like fear, yeah, it's operating out of fear, you know, and it's like, but it's like they project that fear onto us. And I feel like in some way that stunts our forward motion, but that actually what I think it does is motivate when you're hyper independent, you're always like, I'm gonna prove you wrong. I am that way. (laughs) So it'll motivate (laughs) you. It'll, it'll light a fire under your ass where you're like, Oh, you think I can't Oh, watch me do it three times that is me or when anyone just questions me like my ability to do something I'm like I can show you way better than I can tell you boo because I'm gonna be real silent and then all of a sudden you're going to see me just it's just going but that lay out but that's the hyper independence right like because you were told somehow maybe indirectly or directly I don't see that working out you're like okay I'm gonna show you that you end up doing things alone so you won't ask for help Yep. I was going to say, cause it also plays in a negative way yeah. for me. Like, cause you won't ask for help yep. because one, nobody else has done it yet. Yep. Not that you know of, right. That's close to you. That will probably provide you some guidance and support, maybe help you network or whatever within the system or whatever you're, you're or, doing. When I do on, on the rare occasions in the past, I feel like when I have asked for help, it gets thrown back in my face or like, um, I can't ever say thank you enough. And I'm like, I never want to put myself in a position where I feel like I owe someone something. So I'm just like, fuck it. I'm not asking for help for nobody. Like, I got this. I'll figure it out. Yeah. And I can tell you that (laughs) Nikki, my husband, he's super hyper independent too. So I think between us, because we both understand each other, we only ask each other Mm -hmm. for help. But being that I'm like, I feel like I'm so hard on myself. Mm-hmm. I will really ask him for help. And he's my husband of 17 freaking years. <laughs> and I still won't be like, babe, can you do this? Like there's times where people are like, why didn't you just ask me to do that for you? He gets mad at me. And I'm like, I was there already. No, you weren't. Like, it's just a freaking cup of water. Like, what the heck? I'm like, oh my God. I just go get it it's and okay. then, like one day I'll probably be like hey, can you hold this or whatever and he'll be like why and then and sometimes like his old self will come out mm-hmm. right because he's also used to you being hyper independent yep and that's just so tricky people around you also take that for granted they feel they can count on you because you don't count on anybody you got your shit all together and it's like hold up I'm fucking human yep. I'm struggling too 
Just because I'm not out here sharing everything I go through or asking you for help don't mean I don't need it. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have to figure it on your own boo. And then they're like, what a bitch. What? <laughs> I'm going to do like my son. What? Like, <laughs> I'm a bitch because I don't ask for help or because I fucking figure it out. I have a smartphone like you do. Why the fuck do you have a smartphone? If you or, or you're a bitch when you tell them to figure it out. Oh, you're or you walk, yourself. Oh, walk them through it. That's even worse. Yes. Okay. So do it for do me. No. Like on this. Yep. Why can't you just do it? Because. Oh, the question is, why can't you just do it? So let me walk you through it. I'm already helping you in this way. <laughs> so I take think, it or leave it. I think helping you, the best thing to do is teach you how to do it once and you can do it again and again on your own. But I think that's also, it's such a punishment from people like around you. They take it for granted. The fact that you are independent, willing to do things, you're a problem solver. You're going to figure it out now or later. They trust you so much. And then you're carrying around this, um, I got to figure this out because they're counting on me. And they're over here. And more than them counting Chilling. on me, they're I'm counting on me. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, I want to figure this out. Yep. And then when you do, you're like, yes. And then you're like, I'm fucking tired. Yes. Oh my God. Like beyond exhausted. And then you really do want to share maybe something with them. And you can't because, you know, it's just... They won't understand it. You feel like, again, you don't want to be a burden because you've been taught you can handle it on your own, right? So there's just a, a lot of elements to it. But I think the best gift to give to yourself is just having that grace and do surround yourself with the right people because you might not be going to some people because you're not surrounded by the right people that are going to accept you, respect you, and not judge you because I think we don't go to certain people because we are afraid of the judgment too, you know, and when we know 1,000% judgment zone, like 1,000% or it's like, again, those voices playing your head. It's like, even if you know in your heart that the people are not going to judge you, I'm already judging me before I'm giving them a chance to do it. That part, that part. It's like, well, let me just say this to myself before anyone else can say it to me. Let me feel this sting that's that defense mechanism mm -hmm. though and that's not healthy because then we block ourselves from showing people who we really are because we're afraid that who we really are may not be good enough which is wild though because everyone around me knows when like I'm not being me they're like you're being a shell of yourself or like when I finally am me again they're like oh my god like you were not yourself for so long oh or like when I'm around certain people, they're like, oh my God, I haven't seen smile like this in forever. Mm. And I'm like, huh, I never noticed that. And that kind of goes back to like the episode you just did on your podcast about trauma. When I told you, I was listening to one part and I was, when she talks about like being in zombie mode or being uh, yeah, yeah, that autopilot. Yes. Yeah. And I told you for me, when I'm in autopilot, because I'm going through whatever, I feel like I'm watching everything, but I'm just not there. Yeah. Like I'm in my body, but like, I'm just like, yeah, zombie mode. And it's funny because a couple of weeks ago, I felt like that. I was like, every day I would hear the alarm, get up, go to the bathroom. And then I was like, loop, loop, loop. Right. And then one morning I realized I was in a loop and I was heading to the bathroom, like literally grabbing my sandals, grabbing my rope from the edge of the bed. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay. And I'm like heading to the bathroom. I'm like, I'm fucking tired of this shit. Like, <laughs> I was like, I'm tired of this loop. Like I need to change something in my morning routine because I was feeling heavy. I was feeling like I wasn't really 
present. Mm -hmm. I was feeling like this is just the same shit, different smell every fucking day. And I was getting really tired, like very zombie-like, very autopilot. And I was like, this is not the life I want to live. And it just felt like really heavy. And I was like, wow, like I got to do this shit till I'm 68. Like, I was like, wow, this is not okay. And then that whole quote came up to my mind, right? Like the whole, you're not meant to to be in front of a computer or in a desk or sitting down nine to five, five days a week for the rest of your life. <laughs> it's kind of like infomercial. Yeah. And I'm just playing in my fucking head. Nobody's talking to me, but me. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like this whole thing isn't playing in my mind. And I was like, maybe it's not the, the routine. It's the mindset. And I remember that months ago, and even like last year, before I opened my eyes, that I knew my alarm was going off and I would just like tap my phone for snooze, I would make sure I told myself at least one thing I'm grateful for before I opened my eyes and put my sandals on, whatever. And my energy was different. Mm-hmm. When you start your morning off with gratitude or you start your day yeah. off with gratitude. And I was doing that. I even talked about it in my fucking podcast and I stopped doing that. Yep. And then I was like, okay, Lenny, what you're going to do is And then I started doing the Reiki mantra before I got up from bed and everything. And I was like, okay, this is feeling different again. And I kept doing that. I was like, wow, it's just even not even having to say it aloud because sometimes Nikki told me he's sleeping. Imagine he's like, what, what? And I'm over here, like trying to do my affirmations and stuff. But I was like, wow, just words have power and thoughts have the same kind of power. It's not just what you say aloud, but what you think in your own Mm -hmm. mind. This is what you believe that will come out in your actions and in your energy. And I was just like, man, I really need to change this. But that sucks, right? Because again, it comes back to that fucking hyper independence mm-hmm. that you have to do everything on your own. So you got to figure everything out on your own. You got to think it, you got to so, you know, solve it. You have to unravel everything, make sense of it. You got to give it self-therapy, <laughs> itself everything. And self becomes exhausting. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I hate being resilient, being strong enough to do what I got to do and being independent. And there's times where I'm like, and that's why I ask nobody for help because I got this, but I'm gonna figure it out. And I did it and I did and whatever. That's it. Nobody can tell me anything because I did it. And then you get tired. Like, you know, I've been struggling. Like, even if I just, sometimes I wake up before my alarm and I go back to sleep. And I feel like I'm like wide awake the first time my alarm goes off. I can literally get out of the bed. But the moment I go back to sleep and keep hitting snooze and keep hitting snooze, I'm just like, yeah, my bed's comfy. And I'm like, I don't want to get up and go to work. Like, I want to get up when I want to get up and do what I want to do. But like, that's just not my life right now. So from your last podcast, I did this morning, it took me a while because I was just literally laying in bed on the phone. And I'm like, you're wild. And you have so much you need to do this morning. And I knew you were coming over. I'm like, can I get some things done? And I, so I did the five, four, three, two, one. Ah, like when I was like, you're wildin'. I was like, I literally counted out loud. Like five, four, three, two. And I got out of the bed. Oh, shit. I was like, I got to do it. And I've been thinking about it for days. But like yesterday, I was like, I'm staying in bed. And <laughs> the day before that, I was like, I'm staying in bed. Like I was literally leaving like seven and stuff today. I mean, every other day I left it like. 707 today I remember because I like looked at the time when I pulled off mm. out of the parking lot and I was just like I'm leaving later today but my morning was very different I made three candles this morning I cleaned the bathroom this morning I started picking things up this morning I packed two candle packages this morning mm-hmm. like 
So yes, I'm leaving around the same time I did yesterday, but I accomplished so much more. Yeah, I'm productive. I did things like the candles this morning. It brought me so much joy to make them, to pack up people that like ordered from me. Like, yeah. I was doing things that bring me happiness. I miss getting up in the morning and working out because it actually gives me energy. Yeah. When I work out, you set the tone and you start, you know, you get your day rolling, you become productive. And it just, again, it sets the tone for the rest of the day or that morning, even just that morning, because everything comes back full circle. So if you start your day right, you'll end it right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Drinking water, like. I struggle with that. Yeah, we say that. And I'm just like, but when I'm working out, I drink more water. Yeah. And I'm like, I always struggle through this point, right? Where I can drink water quickly, but then I have to pee constantly. Uh-huh. But I'm like, if I was drinking the amount of water that I'm supposed to be drinking constantly, I wouldn't be peeing right. as often. Right. My bladder is not used to it. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna work on it. Well, we're gonna work on it. We're gonna work on this hyper independence. I don't know. We are. Oh my God. Was that our first episode? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited to keep doing this. Yeah, me too. I look forward to more. I just kind of want to roll with it. Yes. Roll with it. It's just fun. It's just authentic. And it's just a great crossover. It's us. <laughs> it's very, very us. I'm here for the crossover. I'm here for the crossover. Yeah. See you guys later. <laughs> I hope you guys have been enjoying our crossover series as much as we enjoy recording it for you. Don't forget, you can follow me on Instagram. You can also follow Lily on Instagram. You can follow everything Lily at Lillian underscore la underscore altura, which is the author in Spanish. If you want to follow her podcast journey, that's True Lessons Podcast on Instagram as well. And don't forget, she's a life coach and she has a school. You can also follow that on Instagram at Empowered Majesty Team. Check her out and keep listening. See you soon.